Now, you may not have heard of Trent Reznor. I know I hadn't. But if you're a kid, you may have his picture on your wall. You see, Trent Reznor emerged as an underground rock star last year with a band called Nine Inch Nails. I know, I know, it's more like Nine Inch Noise. Welcome to... <laughs> I'm waiting on you. We don't have a name yet. So just fade this out. Yep. That's professional. Sounds good. That's where I would say the name of the podcast. Whenever we have one. Yeah. Did you have any ideas for names? Because I did, but you won't want it. Oh, yeah. Well, say your idea. Uh, the whole, wait, no, the whole nine inches. That was not your idea, was it? No, that's, that is my idea. I thought it was closer to pod. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's one. Closer to pod, and the other one is the whole nine inches. I never heard the whole nine inches one. Oh, I thought I said a variation of it to you. No, I'm appalled, actually. (laughs) So, no, that one is definitely shot down. Well, great, I thought it was funny. (laughs) We know it's a Nine Inch Nails podcast. Yeah. Are we going Halo to Halo? That's what you decided. I didn't decide that. I just suggested it. I thought that was a good way to go. But my suggestion is that we just stick to the original Halo. Like, I don't want to have to talk about, like, Halo 2 and then talk about, like, Halo 2B well, or no. whatever. I, right? I, obviously, I didn't mean that. You mean, like, the rem- remaster? Yeah. Like, we're we'll not just gonna... talk about it in the same episode or whatever. I guess. Or, uh, maybe what? you should explain what a halo is before we talk about how... Oh, if they're listening to this, they probably know. <laughs> what if you don't, though? What if you're Josh Arnett and you're like, what the if fuck is a nine-inch nail? <laughs> if he's listening to this... <laughs> Who the fuck I is a know. Trent Reznor? I don't know why he would be listening to this. But a halo is a nine-inch nail's release. They're ordered and numbered. Well, they're numbered. And they're called halos. Halo 1 is... Halo 2, etc. Halo 1 is the name of this episode, presumably, Down In It, which is a single. The first single? The first single Nine Inch Nails ever put out. It's 1989. Mm-hmm. Do you know what month? September? Does that sound oh, right? I, I don't know. I thought you would know. Um, <laughs> Hold on. We're not doing a lot of research, so Jess is pulling out her phone. Yeah, sorry. Um, they won't be like Discographology, but this is kind of like Discographology, my other podcast, and that we get down in it in the nitty-gritty of songs but we don't want it to be exactly like that one right because i already spent a lot of time on that one and i want to do something more relaxed yeah it's just two people who like nine inch nails just chilling and talking about nine inch nails we a little bit more than like them you just you can't just say we like them yeah but i also know that there are like hardcore nine inch nails fans who like eat sleep and breathe Nine Inch Nails, and I don't think... Yeah, I hope they're listening, but... Maybe, but if we know I also less... don't like to rank fandom to make anyone feel like, no. well, you don't have a Nine Inch Nails tattoo, so you're think, not clearly yeah. as big of a fan as me. Most of them are probably cool enough and nice enough that they're not going to hate on us just because we know less than them, but we know a lot. But I did bring a prop. <laughs> okay. Well, can, I'm glad... you, can you describe the prop? She has a photograph. Yeah. She's like, look at this photograph. <laughs> exactly um, what i did what is it this isn't great this is not a great pop 
no prop is good for a podcast, I guess. No, but can you just describe what it is? Um, it's an old family picture. It says that it's dated, and the photo is dated uh, November 16, 1998. Mm-hmm. Does that sound accurate? Mm-hmm. A family photo of Jessica's whole semi-extended family, or is it? Um, so it's her and a couple cousins, her uh-huh. sister. Mm-hmm. Is your aunt? And That's mom? my aunt and my mom. Oh, yes. they look different. Yeah. And then why is there a Jehovah's Witness looking <laughs> guy there? A Jehovah's Witness. That is a Mormon missionary. Um, I was raised Mormon, and we. What you have to realize about the Mormon missionaries is that they are literally like nineteen to twenty year old boys. Like they're kids. He's got his arm around your sister, by the way. Is it's behind the couch. He's. He's basically putting a move on your sister. Did you ever notice this? What? Look at that. There's no way Elder he's Holton really, would ever no, do that. No, he's he's getting in there. Like his arm is on the back of the couch. It's not even touching Look, Monica. I'm a man. I'm a man who likes women. You don't do that unless you're like interested. I'm sorry. This is this is off to a really bad start. This is a nine inch nails podcast. But why am I making you hold this picture and describe? Because it? okay, Jessica, all the all the kids and are in the front row, each holding a puppy, and and your cousin, one of your cousins is holding two puppies, and little Jessica is holding a puppy. Mm-hmm. But what? A tiny puppy, but she looks. She has jet black dyed hair, mm-hmm. a black shirt, mm-hmm. with a a long sleeve shirt underneath, mm-hmm. which I used to dress like that too. With, yeah, I always dress like a boy. I dressed, the, and it's a little bit of a boyish haircut. It's a short cut. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a Trent cut because it's jet black and it's cropped in that way. Like but a what, what po- shirt am I wearing? Post-99 Trent cut. Well, it's uh, you told me it was a Nine Inch Nails shirt, but you the puppy is in front the of The puppy the, is blocking my damn shirt. So this you is, can't even tell This what is, is supposed to be proof of my fandom, and yeah. it's I'm actually wearing a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. I am probably 15, hmm. 16 years old there. What was it, 98? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'm. I think we had just adopted these puppies, but I am totally wearing a uh, dissonance T-shirt. It's the one with like the the lyrics on the back that are As upside a tour, down, right? A tour shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, I never saw them. Just we'll get to that in a second. It's a really tragic story. Well, I know we never saw them, but but uh, yeah, and it's um. It says, uh, God damn, there's noise inside my head on the back, upside down. It's the infamous shirt that I had to turn inside out. Right. Because uh, some kids told a teacher about it, and I had to turn it inside out in eighth grade. But that's it. So at this point, the shirt is like, what, four years old, five years oh, old? Oh, wow. So yeah. you're still rocking this thing. Yeah, I am. Uh, but not to school. But I feel like women always have to prove their fandom. And so <laughs> that's me proving. So you're doing it in your family photo. Yes. Well, no, I'm proving it to you and to our audience that I listened to Nine Inch Nails when I was a kid. Okay. So that's well, a cute look. It wasn't meant to be just like my look, but I feel like women are always having to defend their fandom. Like, <sighs> if a woman wears a like Dead Kennedy shirt, she's expected to know like their whole discography, and no one can just yeah. accept that she likes them. I don't know. So anyway, right? It's like you like you like Nine Inch Nails. Name thirty Halos <laughs> in order. Well, I didn't get, I wouldn't have gotten my first shirt until at least two years or more later than this. So in 2000, 2001, when I would have got, and I had a, I only had a couple as a teenager, I should say, but I, I only had that one. I only had that one t-shirt. I was into them since I was 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. You were into them since you were like five. That's not true. Ridiculous thing. Okay. So this 
Down in It came out in September of 1989. It was September 15th. I would and have been. you heard it on the radio. I would, <laughs> no, I didn't. I was seven years old. I was probably really into New Kids on the Block at this time, right? I mean, 89? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Pete Kang and Tough era. I was into uh, nothing. Yeah. I was five. And I was into Sesame Street? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So this is peak uh, Hanging Tough. You got the right stuff. I feel like there was another big hit by by uh, New Kids on the Block that I'm just not thinking of right I now. So, yeah, definitely uh, not on my radar when I was a seven-year-old and would not be on my radar until... Till our angsty teen years. Well, preteen because of the Crow soundtrack, but we'll talk uh... about that more. Like, my sister is five years older than me, and I've always been pissed about like our birth years because i feel like she wasted her potential as a gen xer like she was born in 77 i was born in 82 yeah she was in the right age she was the age range right age range to, to like, be into down in it when it came out yes or like into nirvana like yep. you know or into all the good stuff all the Good stuff in the 90s. And instead, she was listening to like John Michael Montgomery and Garth Brooks. And I've always resented the fact that, like, I think if I'd been born Shitty in like taste. 76 or something, like it would have been perfect. I could have seen all these bands that I love now yeah. and listen to so much. And that impacted me so much when I was a teen. I wish I was born so that I, uh, far enough back that I never really had to experience the internet <laughs> or podcasts or any of that garbage or 9 11. <laughs> yeah, I mean, podcasts are worse than than all that, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so I wasn't in them. I wasn't into them until the Fragile came out. But Fragile. Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm a poser, a noob, whatever. My first Nine Inch Nails album would have been uh, the Downward Spiral. It wasn't even Pretty Hate Machine. Okay. It was the Downward Spiral. But I did go back and get into Pretty Hate Machine because I. Liked them so much, obviously, I had to get every single release. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking of as I went back and I revisited Pretty Hate Machine today, I listened to it again, and then we were listening to Down In It. We were listening to the Halo 1 All vinyl. The re- yes. Yes. So we, we were listening to the, not the, it'd be cool to have an original, right? Yeah, it would But be really we have cool. the box set of Halos 1 through 4. I believe it was a record store day vinyl release. Yes. And so it was a, a, a reissue of Halo 1, Down In It. It has three different remixes of Down In It. The one that ended up on the album, and then two that are more like extended dance mixes. Yeah, they're actually kind of good, though. Uh, but I was thinking, like, there's nothing... Like, I can clearly remember, like, the first time I heard Closer, because it was actually the music video, and that's a whole thing, and we'll get into it later, but... And I can remember being obsessed with Dead Souls from the Crow soundtrack, but I cannot remember hearing for the first time like Down in It or Head Like a Hole. And to me, as I'm listening to it, it almost feels like it is so ingrained in me at this point that it's just something that's so familiar that it's just always been there. Does that sound insane? Like, no, it- Well, I probably feel the same way too because we both listened to them five trillion times each. Mm-hmm. I... I think, well, it's obvious that Head Like a Hole gets uh, infinitely more radio play over the years than Down In It ever got. Like, Down In It was the first single, and Head Like a Hole was the second, but Head Like a Hole was the real breakthrough single that that stayed on radio rotations forever. Am I wrong on that? 
No, I think you're right. And also, I don't, and I was like an MTV kid, like just watching MTV all the time. And I do not remember these videos. And probably they were designated. It was, it was pre-alt-rock breakthrough. It was pre-Buzzbin era MTV. I don't know if you know what Buzzbin means when I say that. So it was pre-like. No, I don't. Oh, God. I, I'm, I'm only like I'm two years young. older yeah, than you. You know what? I'm two years. Well, I'm only 24, so. <laughs> That's, I was a baby. You weren't even born yet. <laughs> uh, I didn't know. I just wasn't buzz, an MTV kid like you were. No, I was. But a buzz, buzz bin was just a would heavily promote like up and coming uh, alternative artists. And they would have like little promo clips that would have snippets of the video. And they're like MTV buzz bin. And so it would be like, hmm. I don't know, Liz Fair Supernova. uh Radiohead creep like these were things that were like relegated to like the buzz bin but this was pre that because alternative had not taken over and not become mainstream right yeah so if it did get MTV airplay it would have been probably late at night when I was not watching yes MTV. there were I think there were like a late night only even like year 2000 when I was trying to catch their videos on MTV I I would only see it on well I guess by that time they weren't playing videos on the on the channel except for very late at night yeah you had to have mtv2 to watch music videos because that's how i saw star fuckers yeah i was watching the we're in this together video late at night on one of those late night video programs and i was like this is dope anyway we're not not talking about all that no that's a decade away i know but i was just talking about how i felt like those songs were just so familiar to me from the get-go and i don't know if if it's because do you think like MTV used them for like background music on like their bad shitty like documentaries they made and it, I just like ingrained de- that or it depends on it I don't know that so this was on TVT records a, a re- originally a record company that Trent Reznor hates and believes that he was duped into signing with and from what I've heard they suck um so I guess it all depends on the kind of rights agreements they had and the licensing so maybe, but also we could have heard stuff like I knew had like a whole was just kind of in the consciousness because I heard it on the radio, like passively. And so when I heard it later, when I was actually knew who the band was, I was like, oh, I vaguely remember that from playing on the radio. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember or try to think of how I would have heard it passively. Because- Down in it, people, people who are not initiated are not going to know. Probably. They might know Head Like a Hole. They'll probably know Closer. Down in it, even though it was the first single, yeah, not as much in the consciousness, I don't think. it's And it's, it's we'll get into it, but it's a bit weird, <laughs> right? It is. It's a bit weird. Yeah. And maybe it's more off-putting for reasons we'll talk about. Okay. But we were, so we, so anyway, Halos. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first Halo, the first Nine Inch Nails release. What what was the first band to give their releases a a, a little name? That made it sound a little more pretentious. Is this a question? No, for me? I, don't, I don't know. I don't o- know. Other bands any... have done it, right? Have they? Yeah, I know they. Ha- other bands have done it. They probably stole it from Coil or something. <laughs> when I say they, I mean he, Trent Reznor. I, I don't know. I just know that it's the numbering system. Okay, but right into our podcast. If you know the first band <laughs> that ever used a numbering system and, and gave a little title to each release, like Halo One, Halo Two, etc. But I still think it's a genius thing to do. Even if, why is it genius? 
I don't know. I don't know of any other bands who did that. He he thought it even even when he was twenty, just a kid. Yeah, didn't know he would be anything. He he was thinking ahead and he was thinking big that he would one day have a discography, have an ovra that would need to be cataloged in this way of halo numbering. Mm -hmm. So right away he numbered the first single. The first L and then the LP that came right after uh-huh. that, Pretty Hate Machine, that had this single was the Halo 2. Yes. So, just kind of speaking about like the iconography of Nine Inch Nails. So, when I think of them, I think immediately of Halos because. Really? Well, it's what not immediately. That's the first thing you think. <laughs> no. no, there's a lot I think. There's before a lot that. of things I think before that, obviously, but I, I, I think Halos. Um, and also because like you'll see like the. Like, it's labeled, like, on your actual releases. It's labeled on, like, some T-shirts that you buy. Like, I have a perfect drug T-shirt, and it says, you know, the Halo number on it. Um, My my T-shirt doesn't have a Halo on it. No, no. Tell them what I'm wearing, because you got it for me. I did buy it for you. It's the, uh, from the Pandemic Collection. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the Fragile version. It's Fragile, but it's a throwback. It's not, like, an original Fragile, but it says, 2020, we're in this together. The the back... it's, it has like the cropped cut off NIN logo and then it says, I think it says, we'll make it through somehow, the yeah. fragile. Yes. And it has, oh, well, my favorite part is the flower artwork from the um, uh, fragile motif. Mm-hmm. It's used in the album art. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's 10 years after Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah, I don't know why you interrupted me. I wanted to talk about the shirt I was wearing while we're recording. But so I think of Halos of the numbering system and I also think immediately of their iconic NIN logo that he created. Did he? With graphic designer Gary Talpas. Okay. Who's Gary Talpas? Well, he was basically the art director for Nine Inch Nails. um, Before Rob Sheridan. Before Rob Sheridan. So he was from 89 to 97. How mad do you think Rob... Rob Sheridan's great. I follow him on Twitter. He seems like the coolest guy in the world and his art rocks. How mad do you think he is that he didn't get there in time to design that logo? I don't know. <laughs> like, I made every every cool Nine Inch Nails art ever in the world, except for that iconic logo that everyone yeah, knows. Yeah. So that logo is also one of the first things that you see flashing on the screen in the Down In It video. Right. It just kind of flashes mm-hmm. on there briefly. And yeah. then. And Trent himself is wearing a leather jacket. Is he wearing it in the video? Uh-huh. With the NIN logo on it. Gotta love, gotta love repping your own band on your leather jacket, mm-hmm. and it's like it is such a, it's student film. I think it actually looks good, mostly, but it definitely looks super underground, like super shitty and cheap. But they pulled it off somehow. It just screams grimy industrialness. <laughs> it's Trent running through some parts of Chicago, I guess. And there aren't people around, so they, I guess, abandoned parts of areas of Chicago. Running underneath elevated highways, maybe the elevated rail. I think it's the rail. It looked it looked like he was under a street. I did live there for a short time, you know, not to brag, but I, you know, I know the difference between a street and the, and the L, okay. the elevated rail. Running around parts of Chicago, and there are some random dudes standing around who I guess are the other people who happen to be... I think it was Chris Vrenna and... Okay, Chris Vrenna 
in the band who drummed for them for mm-hmm. a time. And Richard Patrick. Richard Patrick, the other Patrick's brother. Who's the other one? Robert. Are they brothers or cousins? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. They're twins. Who cares? <laughs> Hold the on. Patrick's, I think they're all right? Cousins. The Patrick boys are coming over. Watch out. <laughs> they're about to do uh Hey man, nice shot. That's a good They're song. cool guys. So they're just kind of standing around while Trent is running around Chicago. Oh, my God. What? Richard Patrick is also a Taurus. Oh, my Lord. And Trent is too, right? Yes. And Jessica here is a Taurus. I identify as both a Scorpio you can't. and a Sagittarius. You can't. I absolutely you can't. can. You okay. can't. You're on the cusp, but you can't. Stop it. You can't claim two signs. You can't I'm do a, that. This is why I can. This is why I can. Because some astrological calendars mm-hmm. put me as a Scorpio. Others put me as a Sagittarius. There's not universal agreement on which one I am. So write into the podcast if you believe that I am allowed to be two. Okay. So my I have the right to my identity, which is, I call it Scorpi-sag. Ah, they are brothers. Scorpitarius. Why did I think they were cousins? I don't know. Okay. They're brothers, anyway. I thought they were those famous Patrick cousins. So it's just them kind of... And there's, it's like black and white, but then there's like flashes of digital color that look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's very abstract, very weird. And then it looks like Trent is dead laying on the ground. I think this is one of the coolest uh, or funniest things ever is the um, the legend of this video. Which... Oh, man. It's an urban legend for the age. It's not even it's an urban legend. It's not an urban legend. It's 1,000% just... true, but it sounds like it's an urban so, legend. Okay, so... They were filming this on a very, very cheap budget. There were like no cranes, no, nothing, no drones at this point in time, guys. But you couldn't do no. like drone camera shots. Oh, but they wanted, a drone would make this so easy. So easy. So the director's idea was to put the Super 8 camera and attach it to these weather balloons. Mm-hmm. And they would be able to get the shots of like Trent. So the sh- shot that would they be Trent's wanted. dead body on yes. the ground, and the camera goes is looking straight down at the ground and goes and go, up and up oh, yeah. and up and up like a crane would do it if this were. But Hollywood. you know where they're at? The Windy City. In the Windy City. The Windy City. Now the Windy City. I did live there, not to brag. <laughs> is not actually was not named for actual wind. It was named that because of uh, the long winded. The long-windedness of its politicians or something like that. It's not any windier than other cities, so don't believe otherwise. It felt windy as hell every time, the well, one we, time I've been there. The one, one time we were there together, I did live there. Uh, it was very, very bad weather. So the wind of the Windy City blew the balloons carrying the Super 8 camera uh-huh. away. All the way, 100 miles away yeah. to East Lansing, Michigan, yeah. to a farm. Chicago to Michigan. Uh-huh. Where they the ended up falling farm. in a farm, in a field, and a farmer came across them. Some total hayseed. And I can say this, we are we live in the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Some total <laughs> hayseed farmer. Like an old man farmer, like in Big right. Smith overalls. You know like what I mean? The, oppos- the polar opposite of Trent Reznor came up. <laughs> well, they, he found it and found the camera, and he thought... That it was for use by the local police oh, yeah. for drug busts because of marijuana farmers in the area. So he turned it into the police, the Super 8 camera. Mm-hmm. So the They pol- sent it to the lab. <laughs> 
so they could play the fi- and they put the film in a projector, I guess. So they were watching it, and to them, it looked like a snuff film of <sighs> someone's dead body. And right. you can clearly see in the film, like you can look this up on YouTube because there was a hard copy story all about this incident. And it's I don't know if so anyone knows what oof, hard oof. copy is, but it is bad. Yike. Man. We should play some choice. We, I'll, I'll put in some. I'm I'm probably gonna start the podcast with some certain think, lines. Like one of my favorite lines in it is when he's describing Trent Reznor, the journalist, and he says he has a flair for wearing jewelry in his nose. <laughs> was this like 1990? It was or 80. Eight, it was 1990, probably right. Yeah. So in 1990, to wear a to have your nose pierced was like worshiping the devil, taboo as fuck. this was, and they were talking about how it. Appears to be a cult murder. Well, like, just, yeah. it's the height of satanic, satanic panic, panic over here, and just this, the culture wars are strong as ever. So and they're, they're investigating this death because they think this is a dead body. Someone, someone, why, why someone would a says this looks like it's in Chicago because I recognize right. some of the background. So they, they yeah, the, the police open a case and they take this as a real murder. But here's the thing: why would a murderer? Film their murder on Super 8, put it on a fucking balloon, and have the balloons float away with their evidence of a murder. Why would that? We know cops aren't smart. I, I, they believed it was some sort of cult ritual. Is the only no? That's <laughs> so what they actually said. So after you're done killing someone they in your it, cult, you attach the evidence to balloons and let them go. I guess there was so much panic that they were mm-hmm. ready to believe any stupid ass thing. Okay. So that if they thought it was part of the cult ritual, then yes. So. Apparently, they investigated this for how long? A, a year? A full year of of the, the cops tripping over their own dicks. <laughs> so, eventually, they get a phoned... Well, they pass out flyers, correct, all over the Chicago area. And or maybe was it Michigan? So it was. It was Michigan Chicago they, because okay. they determined that the murder oh. was in Chicago. The murder, in quotes. <laughs> it was Trent Reznor playing dead with uh-huh. makeup on his face. Yes. Cornstarch, not Corn even starch like good on his face makeup. to look like yes. the, a corpse, yes. I guess. Okay, so so they distributed these flyers, and one day they get a tip from an a college art student. Actually, I think they just say art student, mm-hmm. and the art student recognizes the person in the. I guess maybe they had stills or pictures that they put on these flyers, and directed them to. Nine Inch Nails basically was like, I think you need to contact Trent Reznor. It took a year for a person to say, I've seen this guy on the TV. Yeah, basically. But I said if they had just shown it to one of their kids, maybe their kid would have been like, Dad. <laughs> Dad. Right. Trent Daddy, Reznor. Daddy, that's my favorite rock star, Daddy. <laughs> Shush, I'm trying to do an investigation. Shut up. So, yeah. And so, hard copy <laughs> interviews Trent. And he is like how old? Twenty five. He's a baby, and hard copy is just pretending, or maybe the, pretending to be so incensed for the for the viewing public, he disrespects these officers of the law. He doesn't even care that they wasted a year tripping over their own dicks on this fake murder investigation because they don't know a a uh, a music video from a snuff film. What was his response though? He basically Trent, was like ACAB. They're all stupid. He Who cares? Said, he said, "I thought it was pretty funny, which it is. It is. It's funny. very funny. The whole story is funny. 
Trent says, I thought it was very funny. And hard copies like he, he laughed at them. Um, and then Trent said, uh, I was amused that the, uh, cops were made to look like dumbasses for so long. <laughs> and of course, you know, for the, uh, for the, 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 the cop worshiping public, we're going to, we're, <laughs> we're going to alienate it. We're going to alienate all the bad people here on episode one. Uh huh. I think that's a good so, idea. Just get them out of the picture. If you're a cop lover, if you like Nine Inch Nails, they do have a song called March of the Pigs. You probably aren't a cop lover, but just in case. But these are probably the same people. Shoo shoo. If they are offended by the way we're talking, they might be the same people who didn't know Rage Against the Machine were <laughs> controversial and yeah. just discovered yeah. that last summer. So yeah. let me tell you another band that's controversial. When did Ray- Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. yeah. For for different reasons. Mo- more sexual reasons than political and, and... They have a lot of political things. They do have... They are political sometimes, mm-hmm. but mostly about the sex. Um, anyway, you know what song isn't that sexual? Down in Down it. In did it. we finish the story? That's pretty much the whole story. That's pretty much the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. And hard, look up that hard copy clip. I will put parts of it in here. I will say that I did not watch a lot of hard copy as a kid. My mom was a current affair type person. So we were a current affair household. Were you? We, uh, I think we watched bits of both, but it's I, not like we were that into current it. affairs more blazoned in my head for some reason. I feel like it was the classier version of tabloid journalism TV. Was there another one like it? Hard copy, and then there was like Entertainment Tonight, which has been on forever, oh, but is not different. the same thing. Yeah. Which one was Bill O'Reilly on? Hard copy. Hard copy. That's funny. And I think did Maury Povich host Current Affair? Oh, I don't know. I feel like that's where he got to start before his talk show. That'd be funny, but I we'll look it up later. Yeah, I need to know. Should we listen to some down in it? Let's get down in it. Let's get right down in it. So imagine. Let's set the scene here. Imagine yourself. You're you're a teenager. A young person. It's 1989, mm-hmm. and you listen to your. What do I listen de- to normally? Depeche like Mode. Last Tiger. You oh. like Depeche Mode, oh, okay. and you like um, Tears for Fears, and. Uh, How do I feel about like Skinny Puppy? Am I into them? I don't know. It depends on if you're if you like the more underground stuff. Okay. Um, and this comes on the radio, and you're like, "Hey, that's something new." And hey, why is this white guy rapping? Is he rapping? We. I mean, is Blondie rapping on Rapture? It's the same kind of rapping. Right. Right. White person rapping, very controversial. Not really, but it. Anyway, I should just play it. Okay. Should I try to do? Should I try to be a, a radio guy and in no. nineteen eighty nine? Yeah, and try to hit the post. Do you know what hitting the post is? Is that when you tried to introduce a song very quickly before the lyrics start? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. You got it. Yeah, I used to want to be a DJ. So let's see it. I know this song pretty damn well by now. So let's see if I can hit the post. Okay. Okay. Do introduce it. Let's go. What kind of. Okay. Just act like it's the first time you've ever played it and you're a DJ and you're really into alternative culture and music. But you also, I guess Clear Channel wasn't a thing then, but you work for a corporate rock station. So. Or wait, or do you want to be a college radio? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Okay. Okay. And we're back on 66.6 KPIG The Pig. And we've got something new for you here. It's from a little group uh, called the Nine Inch Nails. They've got a single for you here. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, everyone. Um, Well, I got a little bit more uh, instrumental to talk over. Uh, It's called Down In It. (laughs) Yeah! That was extremely bad hitting the post. (laughs) 
and down in it. Do we have thoughts so far? Who is this white boy rapping? I don't know what I'm supposed to be thinking. I mean, would you be, if you'd never heard it, would you be like, what's going on? Or would you be like, hey, this rap stuff is all the rage right now and everybody's trying it. I would probably just think it was cool. Knowing me. I mean, this would be right up my alley, especially when you get the the synth in. The synths are the best part. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, oh, the drum machine Love is it. so mm-hmm. so fat and thick. That sounds gross, but more so than stuff around the same time with drum machines. Mm-hmm. The sounds I think are just better that he's getting. Okay, this is gonna sound dumb. What is that sound? So it sounds like it sounds, it like, sounds a like, crowd. like a crowd. It sounds like they using... do this on several songs. I, I feel like throughout their no throughout well, yeah. their yeah. It's using crowd noise kind of percussively. I so I is was, it actually crowd noise? That's my guess. Okay. I was hoping that you had looked up like what it, it's a sample of. Like I can do that. I want. I want to know if we know if uh, that yeah that, that crowd noise is a sample from something or if he just took some random crowd noise and you know mapped it to a keyboard. Okay, so this is to be somebody. It's more like to me it's more like slam poetry to a beat than it is rapping. Yeah, it's definitely animated. It not doesn't sound it like rap. rapping, but it, it's spoken. It's cheesy. It gets well the the real cheesy part is later. Somehow it all still works for me. Probably. Okay, are you talking about the rain, rain, go away part? Yeah, yeah I that. love that part, so I don't care what anyone says. I mean, it's it's like, you know, it's a nursery rhyme. So, yeah, rain, rain, go away becomes part of this Nine Inch Nails song. Love it. Here it is. In the background. Rain, rain, go away. And then, an even more interesting part where he does with his mouth the the little synth line from earlier. The song's outro contains lyrics referencing the nursery rhyme "Rain, Rain, Go Away." In 2010, Reznor admitted that the song was his attempt to make a ripoff of the Skinny Puppy song "Dig It." Okay, we'll play that next. This part. And then the the extremely abrupt stop, which becomes a thing for Nine Inch Nails. Yep. Again and again and again. But it's just, it cuts off like, just cuts. Do you prefer the cut off or the fade away? I cut off. I do like a good cut off, yeah. I, I almost, I've talked about this on another podcast, but I almost never like a... Studio fade out. I only like a fade out if it's uh, fading into another track. And even even if it's doing that, I feel like there are better, more creative ways to do it. But I mean, uh, sometimes they cross fade, whatever. Yeah. 
So All that's right. the saw. No, I agree with you. It's, I don't think it's rap. It does definitely sound more like spoken word over. But, you know, it's speaking to a beat, which yeah. is rap. But do you think down in it has a different cadence? It's a very like melancholy, like <sighs> kind of like cloud. I was up. with. Well, I mean, it's it goes up and down. If like he's enthused at first and then he like loses he all his energy. He goes up above it and then he goes down in uh, it. He was up know? above it and he was down in it. Um. But, like, the part where he's like, oh, what I used to think was me is just a fading memory. Like, nobody raps like that. That's just weird stuff. <laughs> like, it, it is. It's like, it's almost like a slam poet. Maybe a cringeworthy one, even. But, like, the music is, is so good, I think, that I, I just forgive it, whatever he's doing, you know? Are you talking about lyric-wise, you forgive Lyric-wise and, and, and any goofal vocal. I think he's a he's a great vocalist, and he never, almost never does this kind of vocal again. It's worth noting, but I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Should I play the? Well, okay, what did he say about Skinny Puppy? He said he he intentionally ripped it off, mm-hmm. and he didn't admit this till later. He said he admitted that the song was his attempt to make a rip off of the Skinny Puppy song. Dig it. All right, let's hear what that sounds like then. So the, okay, old school drum machines. Mm -hmm. Skinny Puppy is another industrial band. I guess that they kind of got there first, right? I mean, there were industrial bands before Skinny Puppy. Lots of fake 808 cowbell. You hear that? Sounds cool. Tons of that cowbell. I love it. Oh, yeah, that. Uh Uh-huh. I hear, I hear the DNA of a lot of Nine Inch Nails stuff in this. This is like a seven-minute song, by the way. <laughs> well, so is the uncut version of... Yeah, there's like a Dan, extended disco mix of Down In It that's mm-hmm. seven minutes. This is a lot slower, we should say, tempo-wise. So what else do we have to say about Down In It? We watched them perform... Down in it on a show called Dance Party Dance USA. Party USA, which is a blatant lip sync. So they're just playing the record, and mm-hmm. I think Trent, it's him and Trent and two Vrenna others, and probably Patrick. probably Vrenna, Patrick, and Trent mm-hmm. up there uh, pretending to play the song. Uh, Trent is just holding a microphone. Um, I think he's wearing his leather jacket again. Yeah, the the jacket with the N I N. Patrick is is on a like a like a Stratocaster, I think. And then if if it is Chris Renna, he's on a extremely goofy looking electronic drum pad kit. I thought it looked cool. But they're so clearly not really playing anything even close to what the record is. But they they also have like paid dancers like young people dancing mm-hmm. it's 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 top of the pops or it, it's an like an updated version for eight, 1989 of a, of um um for kids who are a little bit soul younger think of MTV's the grind hosted by Eric Nice is the from grind the like, real world is that like an american bandstand kind of it was like MTV's Dance Party USA, where they yeah. would have like it's one of those. They would have like hot people 
who were like on these platforms dancing to like mm. really popular hip hop dance tracks, right? And sometimes like maybe I don't know if they ever had live performances or not, but allegedly this video became like a viral thing in 2010-ish when it was rediscovered and put on YouTube. Yeah. And Trent said something to the effect that He had that, a good reaction. What did he say? It was pretty funny. He was just like, you know, it a very naive Nine Inch Nails were once asked, yeah. like, what shows would you ever want to be on if you were to perform live? And they put, possibly while drunk, Dance Party USA on that list. And then we're told, hey, guess what? You're going to be on Dance Party USA. Ha ha, joke's on you. You were booked. And I think they were on tour at the time, and they ended up driving to... New Jersey, where yeah. the you. By the way, this was on the USA Network. It was a cable. Did you mention that? I didn't mention when it was USA. <laughs> you early USA. This is like Silk Stockings era yeah. USA. So right after Silk Stockings. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they drove and they did their performance at Ocean City, New Jersey. Does that sound like a a place? I I wouldn't know New Jerseyans if you're listening. Let us know where USA up. Films uh, uh, Dance Party USA, it's, it's, it's something that, that Trent Reznor that we know of later years would would you know pluck out his own eyes before doing. Well, we were talking about this and how they don't do like live televised performances very often. Okay, so there was Dance Party USA, right? And then they yeah. did... They had Woodstock. Yeah, they have almost no TV. They did no... Well, Woodstock was only pay-per-view, correct? And maybe yeah. highlights were aired on MTV, maybe. Because yeah. I feel like I remember watching some of it, and we didn't he, do pay-per-view. He did so. no late-night appearance. No SNL. No right. Letterman. No Leno. All right. Okay. Gra- Grammy. Or MTV Music Awards. MTV Music Awards, they did... Um, did they do The Fragile? Yeah, they did The Fragile. Okay. And then... A Grammy performance in twenty. I need this verified. What they play? They did the whole thing with like Lindsey Buckingham oh, and, and Josh Homme. Okay. This is where they cut them off, and they got yes. ultra pissed because they were cut Trent's off. Like number one, I fucking rule. Number two, I he, never do TV, and this is why. Rollingstone.com. Trent Reznor blasts Grammys with a heartfelt "fuck you" tweet. Yeah, he's known for his venomous jabs people if you don't know them yeah and i know there were there's probably maybe a couple more performances that i'm not thinking of off the top of my head but i know that they were supposed to do i think it was the hand that feeds for the mtv video music awards oh, around like 2000 what five. five six and uh they wanted to perform in front of like a poster of um george they, okay. w bush what it was was that on tour they had a giant screen and when they did this song in Hand That Feeds, it was a, a morphing face picture of, of George W. Bush that morphed over the course of four minutes into John McCain. And it morphed so slowly that you barely can perceive that it's changing. Wait, but you're once, kidding, right? You look it up. I didn't know that. Okay. By the end of the song, George W. Bush's face has become John McCain just through a very slow, probably something that Rob Sheridan made. Probably, yeah. But that was, you know, it's the whole thing. Just like if if we elect this guy, it is basically just this the same white dude. What was I saying? You're oh, talking about the picture morphine. The Grammys. So wild that. to see Lindsey Buckingham up there shredding along to Nine Inch Nails playing copy of A. Mm-hmm. 
that was a wild thing. Do you remember that? And I think Queens of the Stone Age or mm-hmm. Josh Homme was up there playing with mm-hmm. them. It was like a super group, basically. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's a million years away from what this episode is about. We've gone. Do you think that little baby Trent at 25 was like, someday I'll be sharing a stage with Lindsay fucking Buckingham Some, from Fleetwood uh, Mac? Well, yeah. What if he was, I mean, he was probably hoping to one day share a stage with David Bowie, which he did. That's you true. Know? Most important thoughts on Down In It. I don't or, know. I think I, I, I mentioned it all before where I felt like this song was always familiar to me. And maybe it's also the nursery rhyme at the end, honestly. Yeah. Like maybe I mean, that adds to the yeah, familiarity of it and the love song, I have for it. It may be a cheap gimmick. Can you gimmick. think, okay, I'm trying to think of any other songs that have nursery rhymes. Nursery rhymes. There's got to be a There's got to be. Is there an Alice in Chains song that does? Why Alice in Chains? Why know. is that the band you go to? Because they do to? goofy stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a ton, especially bands that were inspired by Nine Inch Nails, right? Like, oh, I feel that Row, like Row, Jack- Row Your Boat is in a lot of songs. It's in an Amy Mann song, and obviously she's not mainstream, and that has nothing to do with anything, but that's <laughs> that's what came to my mind. We were listening to the right. Magnolia soundtrack earlier, though, right before recording. Yeah. Can I say also that this is the most sensual um podcast sexual I've ever podcast recorded. we've ever done i figured if we're doing the nin well blake it has to have blake a mood said, a certain mood can you help me prepare for the podcast can you can you please light all the candles Look, you can i'll find? set up all the microphones mm-hmm. you light those candles but i said you know who else loves candles who trent rez does he has he stated that um i think there was an era when uh the downward spiral era where he was always being interviewed in his studio surrounded by candles true well in I that the like nothing he was studios like, he was like they look pretty and they smell good so i agree yeah uh I, everything i've every video or photo i've ever seen of nothing studios uh r.i.p in uh new orleans that was uh, his studio converted from a former um, funeral home. Funeral home. He was always surrounded. It was always lit by candlelight, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was the most goth thing that ever existed. The coolest thing that's ever existed. Yeah, yeah. So, no, my the the I think I I like the song. I mean, I love the electronic elements of the song. Are we gonna do like a rating system on this? I don't. Do we have to do that? I don't know. You make me rate teen books on my other podcast. Every we, I, I'm tired of, I'm tired of rating. I, I just want to say I like it. I just got to say, okay, if you were, okay, how about this? Would this song make it in your top ten Nine Inch Nails song? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Would it? My question. Would it make it in yours? Maybe top fifteen. Really? Maybe top twenty. They have a lot of songs. I know. I know. A lot of good songs. Are you saying this is a bad song? Not at all. There's. I think there's only a few Nine Inch Nails songs that I think are bad songs. And they're not even that bad to me. <laughs> no. I was thinking the other day about how, like, the, the worst Nine Inch Nails song is still better than... Yeah, the best. Like, every other band's song. <laughs> like... Well, I don't know about that. I was trying to think of, like, contemporary rock bands, and Coldplay. I honestly can't best, think of any. The worst Nine Inch Nails song is better than... Any Coldplay song? The best song? Coldplay song. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I'm not even dissing Coldplay. I'm just saying. I mean, the worst Nine Inch Nails song is still a good song. That's what we're trying to say. Uh, well, <laughs> um, Blake. how many Nine Inch Nails t-shirts do you own? Okay. I was wondering if we were going to get to this yeah. conversation because it's become a thing. So I do want to talk how, about... Just say how many. I don't know the number. It's dozens. It's at least 30. Oh my God. 
I want to spit out my drink. I okay, live in okay. the same house as this one. Okay, I think it's at least like, I was trying to count last night in my head because I, okay, I want to start over with this and I want to talk about the pandemic a little bit because. Oh, oh no, this is a whole nother hour long podcast. No, 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 no. I'll make this really short. But okay. basically what happened is during the pandemic, I became connected to uh, music I really loved in my youth, right? Yeah. Basically, what happened is I just started listening to a lot of music again. Before that, you know, I I would listen to like the same stuff I always listened to, or I would just listen to podcasts all the time. Like, I hardly ever listened. I I was always a music person, but I hardly ever listened to music anymore. It's like that stupid yeah. Onion headline where it's like, what is the Onion headline where it's like thirty year old, thirty five year old falls out of love with music or something like? Yeah, I've still I've I've been in a mode where I'm listening to more podcasts than music, and right, I'm sadly yeah. So I'm in my more music than podcasts, and so one thing I went back and I really got into, and I can't explain. Well, actually, maybe I can explain why is Nine Inch Nails, and probably a lot of it is just the kind of um, sense of unease and fear and anxiety and depression that I've had throughout this pandemic at varying levels and it's almost the same kind of emotions that I felt predominantly when I was a teen and preteen listening to Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. So and I don't want to say like I like that's the main reason why, but I I I just reconnected to music in a way and I haven't in a long time. And one thing I did was I got really, really, really back into Nine Inch Nails. And you were, I was a fan of the new stuff. I, mm-hmm. I never, I never stopped being a fan, but you had stopped listening and you weren't as familiar with the new stuff as I was. That's true. I think uh, the last Nine Inch Nails album I bought pre pandemic was with teeth. Um, and a lot of that also has that's to do. That's a bad place to leave off. <laughs> I realize that now. Uh, that's not, well, I remember you buying Hesitation Marks and listening to that with you and liking it. Um, at the time, there's a lot but of hate I just, for that one. We'll we'll get, we'll get into it way later. But. I like hesitation marks, but whatever. Um, oh, I think it has some awesome shit on it, and the haters can suck it. I'm getting drunker as this podcast goes. Yeah, one thousand so, percent. One thing I started doing was just delving back into artists that I've kind of left off at some point and getting back into them. And I'll talk about maybe those reasons why I dropped them later when I talk about how men are horrible and. Oh no! Try to insert themselves into women's lives and musical taste, but anyway. Hmm. Uh, well, I but didn't. I didn't I, have to insert this. She, she did it all on her own. I did. I, uh, I think what instigated it actually was on the anniversary of their Woodstock performance. We watched it hmm. on YouTube together, hmm. and that just reignited like this passion that I used to have for Nine Inch Nails. Wait, was this before or after their Hall of Fame induction, which happened also it during was before. the pandemic? Before. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I remember watching that together. They were yeah. inducted into the Hall of Fame uh-huh. 2020. But suddenly I just became like obsessed and yeah. was listening nonstop. And I started ordering like vintage Nine Inch Nails t-shirts uh, online. <laughs> And boots. I've gotten into like Nine Inch Nails boots too, like boot t-shirts. Uh, bootlegs. Bootlegs, She's sorry. not buying like shoes that say NIN on them or whatever. I mean, if Doc Martens made them, I would, but. It, you think it sounds, you, you, 
you describe yourself like you're a crazy nut, but like people collect things. No, like, no, yeah. I have yeah. a collection of fucking action figures yeah. over here. I also collect certain shirts. Uh-huh. I have more than a dozen shirts of a certain borderline embarrassing artist that is not Nine Inch Nails. Um, so we won't even get into that, but I think it's fine to collect mm-hmm. things because yeah. it's a hobby and it's comfortable. I also see this as an investment. When I die, <laughs> yeah. my nieces can resell my original perfect drug the, t-shirt. These shirts are paying for their college, <laughs> baby. I mean, we don't have kids, so someone's got to take them. But yeah, I just started, I think it started with, uh, using credit I'd earned on Poshmark and trading it for like a broken t-shirt which broken is one of my favorite halos and then a perfect drug t-shirt. And then it just spiraled into downward spiraled. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to have to just do these me, puns. Just me trying to get what I would consider t-shirts that epitomize every halo or era of nine inch mm. nails. That's what I'm trying to do. So, so far I think I have, before I started, I think I had four, like before I started like really attempting to collect. Cause I had, the Captain Marvel, two of those. And then I had so like a, I, uh-huh, I had a long sleeve uh, tie dye one that I think I got on Urban Outfitters. I don't know why they had it, but I got it. It's cool. It's yeah, it's really cool. Um, But now it has snowballed into so many nine inch nails t-shirts that my closet can barely contain them. I, th- I think I have between 25 and 30 and uh, one just came in today, <laughs> like a new one Wow, <laughs> that I showed you. So, but if I see yeah, one that's cool. like under 20 bucks, I'll buy it. I'm just like, I want it. Um, I own three. <laughs> As a teenager, I own two. I don't, I only I don't know one. where they are right I now. feel like now as an adult, I can just give in to everything my yeah, teenager. Do- I don't have children. I work from home. I can do whatever the fuck I want now because yeah, nothing matters. And mom and dad can't say it's no. Nothing matters. Like, Nothing Trump really killed <laughs> like 700,000 people. Trump lied, people died. <laughs> um, you know what? I can dye my hair blue. I can paint the walls in my shitty rental. And I can blow my stupid uh, money uh, on fuck, fuck landlords. Nine Inch Nails t-shirts that I can wear all the time while I work my depressing hmm. job. Oh, I don't want to say depressing. But you know what? We're all just a slave to capitalism no matter what your job is. Unless... You're we're lucky all, enough to have a cool slaves. job. So happiness and slavery. Um, you know what else we collect? Nine inch nails, vinyl records. Mm-hmm. So I would like to have every Halo one day, but I, we have most of them at this point. Mm-hmm. A few Halos are particularly pricey and unavailable right now and allegedly will be reissued this year in like the nice deluxe oh i'm talking like year zero and the slip are supposed to have yeah. deluxe versions that are coming out according in- to the website interesting. oh they said that it's okay. they've been listed on the nine inch nails website for like ever oh we'll get into all that later in later episodes i assume but yeah i i, I want to get a hold of any any vinyl I can. Weird stuff, singles, you know, rarities. I Would you buy it's boots? it's fun to collect. It depends on what the bootleg is. Like, I don't want to just get random garbage. Yeah, I saw, I found a uh, a place that does boots of like year zero and... <laughs> I don't really want that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like buying boots. I don't think we have any boot records. I'm trying to... Boot t-shirts, I don't mind. But boot records, I feel bad about. 
I've had in my action figure collecting, I've I've had bootleg toys that really, uh, yeah, because you can get stuff that would normally go for a hundred bucks or whatever for cheap, and it comes from from China from some dubious seller on eBay, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, it's basically the same toy. Why not? Uh, it's, you know, that's a hobby. Yeah, it is. Um, down in it. We didn't even talk about the lyrics, really. I mean, <laughs> it's just I was up above it. Now I'm down in it. Kind of like a cloud. I was up way up in the sky. And I was feeling some feelings you wouldn't believe. References it's that weird. later. Weird stuff. He does. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Should we have a way that we should? Do we have any other segments? Do we have a way that we end this podcast? I don't. I don't think we know what we're doing. We're just kind of feeling it yeah. out as we go along. You we know? don't even know what it's called. No, we're the worst. I just want to have a nice, pleasant place where I can talk about some of my favorite things. A warm place. To talk about. <laughs> I guess a you could call place, it that. The podcast. I just do. You, I got a question for you. What do you feel like? There was a period, maybe, and you don't have to exclude this in the podcast. This is literally just me asking it's you a question. It's going in. Okay. What? So I feel like there was a period where maybe men didn't like Nine Inch Nails that much and what? thought they were a poser band, and it's oh, because a lot off. of women liked them. Ridiculous. No. What are you talking about? When? When was this period? I don't know. I feel like... I don't. Okay. Because there was... When I started to get into Nine Inch Nails, well, the first album I had was Downward Spiral, and then... We'll talk about Pretty Hate Machine on Halo 2. So we'll talk about that then. We'll do four hours on it. <laughs> but um, I remember like a friend who, this was post Downward Spiral, he traded me his broken EP for like an Offspring CD that I never listened to. Like we would just trade albums all the time, right? Yeah. And I was like... Are you sure you don't you, mind? You got tra- the better like, end of that. Well, yeah, I agree. And at the time, I was like, "Are you sure you want to trade this broken EP for Ignite?" I can't remember. Ignite the um- I can't remember what. I mean, those offspring. are good albums. Yeah, they're fine. But albums. broken is a classic, definitely. So he said, "Yeah, it's fine. They kind of suck now, anyway." Oh, that's just some. He's the poser. But do you think? That okay. there were a lot of men who felt that way because girls, can I? No, 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 go ahead. They are a band that I feel like is easily accessible for women. And a lot of the fans are also accepting of like a female fan base. But is that always the case in all areas of, and at the time, I think this was like the 80s and 90s. So is that always the case for industrial or metal or hard or punk bands like i always feel like women are at the fringes but when there's a band that they particularly start liking men kind of back off from it do you do you understand what i'm trying to say i'm sure there's misogyny baked into everything in the world but i so i can't speak to that i don't know the answer i i do maybe maybe this is I, i do know this and maybe this is what that particular guy was thinking there were a, I think these guys are all phased out now. These guys are all canceled, dead. Okay. <laughs> um, a certain brand of guys that their peak for Nine Inch Nails was like broken and like the hardest, most metal sound for them and, and downward spiral. And then once their sound, once they started experimenting with, you know, less metal things on the fragile. Like it, it, 
and maybe even like a perfect drug or it was more like kind of like drum and bassy kind yeah, of just yeah just anything that wasn't metal enough for certain dudes mm-hmm. like nine inch nails concerts used to be like dudes who thought they were dangerous and metal as hell beating the shit out of each other in a pit mm-hmm. i wasn't there for this i'm just going off of urban legend but that's what i assume. can we talk about the saddest thing about this whole podcast Oh, uh, we think we mentioned that we haven't got to see we them. both of us who have loved this band. I know on and we're gonna, off after the pandemic, we're going to see them before Trent Reznor. I dies. my heart is broken though. Although at the time, okay, when Pretty Hate Machine came out, I was seven. When the Downward Sp- Spiral came out, I was twelve. There is no fucking way they did come to Springfield when I was twelve. Yeah, I was, and I was ten. So yeah, there's no fucking way my mom would have let yeah, me go no, to a Nine Inch no. Nails concert. I never I had 12. the chance. I, never I just had never. The it was either like that kind of circumstance where I was way too young, or the concerts were too far away, and yeah, I, I was I would, one broke. Yep, yeah, same. Or two had no reliable transportation, and three yeah. had no friend who cared about same seeing them. And same. So never. My love for them has been very lonely for not always sometimes i had a friend or two who was into it with me and now you're into it with me but Mm -hmm. most of my life it's been a lonely love for this band you know i I feel like i was the only person in my friend group who really liked them a lot too you know what those people aren't smart enough to get it (laughs) so i agree the certain anyway the certain brand of 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 metalhead guy uh jumped ship from nine inch nails and were like yeah they're not cool anymore they made uh the, they made the day the world went away. And that <laughs> that does not rock. Um, and so they, you know, now so th- those guys were who went. They were the concert goers in 1994 or whatever. Now they're probably the concert goers in like 1989 through yeah. 1993. So, I would say when they got regular MTV airplay with Closer or something, those guys were kind of like, nope. And right? so in recent years, now everyone at a Nine Inch Nails concert is. An older music nerd, uh, a forty-year-old dude who's like, I like synthesizers. How do you and know? You've never been to one. There could be kids there. I'm just speculating. Okay. And I include myself in this when I say music nerd and dude who likes synthesizers. Okay. And the women who love those men, and also the women who appreciate great music, and just all sorts of people who uh, <laughs> have an appreciation for good music. But I think it's a more nerdy crowd now. I want to point out something though, like what. The most dude heavy concert I think I've ever been to was when you and I went to go see Amy Mann. Oh man, that's... was that in? It was in St. Louis. Where was it? It, it was, was St. Louis. It was the pageant. The pageant. But I remember at one point looking around. It was Ted Leo. They were on. <laughs> well, tour. Oh, they yeah. were all there for Ted Leo. He's a total dudes dude. You don't think they were there for Amy? They were dudes love. Like I don't know any women friends that like her. I, I have. I, I have like a. Her. Yeah, you're you're a wife. Um, I, I have a male friend who loves her as much as I do. I think which one? Um, um, Josh H. Okay. And I don't. Other than he's like the only one. Nobody else that I'm friends with cares about her. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can't go on about that. But crowd. Okay, crowds. Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm-hmm. The crowd was teen girls. Yes. And adult gay men. <laughs> And then me and you. <laughs> and the crowd was, they were all wonderful people, I'm sure. Was it was that great, our last great show. live show? No. Like Couldn't live have. big concert. I think it was. Oh, don't depress me with that. When, when, okay, we saw Haim. That was, be- that was before. before. 
was 2018. Carly Rae was 2019. Mm-hmm. The Think summer about of. It. Think about it. The last big trip we had was in early 2020. It was February. Robin got married. Oh, yeah. We went to St. Louis for that. Well, there was no show. Yeah. No show, but we went to St. Louis for a wedding party. At a book-themed hotel, an English. All right, we can't do this. George Elliott room. I feel like I feel like we're on stay of homekins now. We can't. Don't stay in the George Elliott room. We defiled that. <laughs> oh, fuck off! <laughs> Look, it was our. It was a bit defiled before we got there. Before we got there, and we definitely finished it off. Um, okay. What? We went to Odd Future. What was the crowd there? It was young people. It was young people. Young people yeah. love Odd Future. It wasn't. Was it a, was it a white crowd? Was it a really white? It crowd? It was Columbia, Missouri, right? Was it, it was at I thought the it was. Saying, I thought it was pageant. Thought. Maybe no, no. Wait, you're right. It's pageant. a pageant because I Most remember shows we went. We've gone to a pageant. We went to the pie. We went to pie and had pizza before then, and that was the first mm-hmm. time I'd ever been to Hell pie. Yeah. Okay, if you know uh, the pageant, I want to hear from you. Yeah, we also saw. I'm trying to think of just interesting crowds. Wait, De- demographics interest me in this sense. Do you remember who was at the Arctic Monkeys concert? Also at the pageant, I think. Just dude, like hipster dudes. Right? I was there. I'm not a hipster dude. Jess, I obviously don't mean you. I'm talking about the crowd as a whole. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the t- kind of guy who likes art. Oh, can I? T- okay, the first I've seen Arctic Monkeys three times. I love them. Okay, the first time. Yeah, I went. Mm-hmm. Um, it was maybe Kansas City. Anyway, what album were they promoting? They're promoting their second album, favorite okay. favorite worst nightmare. There was a rowdy group of men from the UK. <laughs> Wait, in St. Louis? Yes. Or okay. Kansas City, I think. Oh, sorry. Okay. In front of us. And they were, we had to wait for a lifetime. They're one of these bands that starts late as hell. They were I think make, they were late for the show in St. Louis. People were getting restless. And the men from the UK were like soccer hooligans and just started chanting. Uh, for for a while, they had been like a cappella singing as a group some of their songs and Did then, they do I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor? Was that? No, I think oh. they're doing like, all the girls a slag, <laughs> the best you ever had, like that. Okay. And then the, eventually they just started like, we want the monkeys, we want the monkeys. <laughs> and they were, it was it was kind of a cockney thing like that. I, I can't do it well, but. It's funny that they just shortened it to the monkeys because you mm. know that's a that's already a band. Yeah, but you know they wanted the monkeys. We all they wanted, wanted the to monkeys, hear some daydream they believer. Were, they you were know? getting rowdy. They had had some beers on them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fuck, we got to stop this. Okay. So, oh my god, it's like a ninety-minute podcast gonna, about one. I song. have to cut an hour from this. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Um, Join us next time. I hope next time I'll wear a Nine Inch Nails T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, so the audience can see. Yeah. Well. I was going to tonight, but then I chose my Evil Dead t-shirt because it's tie-dyed, and it's like bright pink and like a turquoise, and so it looks like spring and tomorrow's Easter, so I wanted to look like an Easter egg, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I I keep forgetting tomorrow's Easter, folks. So uh, me and Jess are here, and also we're with our cat. I Mm -hmm. should mention our cat Oscar is here podcasting You might hear him sometimes in the background. He loves to podcast with us. Yes. Uh, until we figure out what how we sign off, mm-hmm. what what should we go out on? Let's go out on Why some music. Why don't you just music. play out? Yeah, play some music. Play We've played out. down in it a thousand times. Why don't you give us a, a sneak peek of oh, Halo Two? Should I play a weird down in it cover? Ooh, yeah. All right, here's as I'm long a, as it's not by Miley Cyrus. I'm afraid, I don't care. No, I'm afraid for this Guster Ooh, down in it. Do it. I want to hear it. 
It says best nine inch nails cover ever. Oh, okay. Oh my. I like Guster. Do you? Well, in nineteen ninety nine, when <laughs> everyone else liked Guster. <laughs> All right, I'm afraid to see what this is. Well, you got to pick the best part about hard copies when they misspelled his name. Oh, Trent Reznor with an S instead yeah. of a Z. Those hard hitting journalists at hard copy. Oh, you Blake dropped his phone on YouTube his Casio. Can kiss my uh, this is one ass. Band called Corn. <laughs> More, more like Nine Inch Noise. Oh, I'm going to put that Oh, the yeah, that's so That's going to go at the yeah, top. Okay. Kind of like a cloud on a way up in the sky, and I was feeling some feels you wouldn't believe. Sometimes I don't believe in myself, and I decided I was never, never coming down. Just then a tiny, and the dog caught my eye. It was just about too small to see, but I watched it wait. I don't know how I feel about this. It was pulling me This doesn't even sound like Guster. Oh, I like the shut up. To me.